I think the best. I, I wait. Okay, I feel like we start too many of these uh, these episodic shows off with just talking about how sad we are, how <laughs> depression from our sports teams. Yeah, no, teams. depression has been like a key theme in I, these weeklies. <laughs> I swear that in anything in any one of these episodic shows that we do, I, I feel like we start off with something sad because between. The, sh- the Sharks blowing it to Jalen's Golden Knights. I mean, between Philip Lindsay being kicked out of Denver, essentially. Between Jalen Lover being a Kings fan. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's sad. <laughs> it's not good. It's not good. I'll, I'll tell you that much right now. It's just not a great time um, to be a sports fan for either one of us. But thank you all. Hopefully you guys, your guys' teams are doing a lot better right now. And you're feeling a lot better. Hopefully, oh... Where if some of you guys are Patriots fans, I hate you, hate you so much right now because um, it's not jealousy, not jealousy, because it, it, it's jealousy. But this is episode 56 of the fourth and long show. Today for you, we got uh, our typical NBA rundown with Joel Embiid's and the Sixers hopes going down the drain possibly with this knee injury. Which team is most likely to finish first in their conferences uh, between the Suns or the Nets? Second half predictions from Jalen. And then also, who's currently the hardest team to be a fan for? And does CP3 even have a chance at MVP? Then some other NFL stuff. Trent Williams doing the most petty thing ever, I swear. Do you even want Juju? And uh, who's the best division between the AFC East or NFC West? And also, a little bit of our like an intro to our MLB predictions. We'll begin those out as we get closer to opening day. But... But Jalen, besides the Golden Knights, because of course you're doing great right now, um, yeah. and <laughs> you'll be able to check out our most recent edition of the Power Rankings over on our in, uh, Twitter at Fourth Long Radio and Instagram at Fourth and Long Radio. But besides that, are you are you feeling good right now? You feeling pretty good about your teams? Um, Cardinals wise, after yesterday's free agency, I'm I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. You know, uh, Patrick Pearson took a even little bit. Patrick of a gig. Peterson left. <laughs> I mean, Patrick Peterson, I'll love him forever. Like, one of my favorite Cardinals of all time. Never going to have hate against him. Sad he left, but still excited. Um, Kings, don't want to talk about it. Um, Giants, really don't want to talk about it. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't really watch a lot of – I mean, I watch other sports, but I really don't have, like, big teams. Hey, at least one Western thing Bulldogs. you have to look – that's what I was going to say. Yeah, one thing to look forward to, Jalen. If you guys have been able to catch our AFL preview shows and leading up to the season, of course, um, the first bounce was – Two o'clock Mountain Time Thursday morning for us Americans and the Tigers. Uh, they're off to a hot, hot start. And Dusty Martin looks like he's going to begin uh, three votes this year. But yeah. and also they're looking really good. They probably had the best midfield in all of the AFL. So if you want to learn more about that amazing sport, if you haven't already, go check out our preview shows and our breakdowns for those. But go Bulldogs. Uh, screw the Bulldogs, let's go Giants. GWS Giants, not the San Francisco because or the New York. Or any other Giants for or that New matter. Giants. No, <laughs> just GWS. But Jalen, the first question we need to talk about today is Joel Embiid's MVP hope and the Sixers' one-seed hopes completely done for with this injury with Embiid sent to miss at least two to three weeks with a knee injury. Is it over? Um... Yes, I, I don't think they win the seed. With I don't Not think they win their one seed lightly, without Just going to put it down. No, no, I would no. The, their biggest part of their offense and defense and just team in general is Joel Embiid. Yes, they have Ben Simmons. Yes, they have Tobias, and yes, they have a solid team otherwise. But without Joel Embiid, they are not the same team anywhere near the sense of it. And when you're out two to three weeks at this point in the season. You lose your MVP odds. That that's going out the window. It's just yep. it, it's what happens. It's over. We see it happen in all sports, just yep. like we saw Carson Wentz was in the NFL was guaranteed almost MVP a couple seasons ago. Got injured and didn't even get close to winning it. So as we see that they can go down the drain, uh, and that happens in the NBA too. So I don't see him winning that uh, MVP race, and I don't see him winning the number one seed because those two to three weeks are going to be crucial. And it's not like a normal season. There are some seasons like where this might be the two weeks might be uh, two or three games because you might have a couple uh, a couple days off on breaks. But now no, with teams having almost every other day a game, sometimes two games, uh, two games, two days in a row, there's no way that they are going to be able to hold on to the number one seed with those surging teams behind them 
and, and beat everybody without Embiid uh, holding it down the paint. So what you're telling me, Jalen, is that a MVP candidate is really important to its team and the team's overall success. Okay, okay. I, I think Precisely. that's a bit of a hot yes. take. That's a bit of a hot take. But I can get behind <laughs> that. Another thing you're saying then is that the Joker is going to win MVP this year and no one else is even close. Um, I mean, Joker is, is up there, definitely. Um, I think he should be up there in, in the talks based off of how he's played and how he's played his entire career. Well, people, very, very got, underrated. Probably the three MVP finalists he got always going to be LeBron James. He's always going to be out there because he's LeBron freaking James. Probably going to have James yes. Harden, and you're probably going to have Joker. Those are probably – that's a real safe. Giannis kind of the is going to be up there just because Giannis is Giannis. Yeah, yeah, because he has a cool nickname. Yeah, uh, right now. But he's only I called really by the go... nickname because almost no one could pronounce that last name still, and he's been in the league for a handful of years now. <laughs> yeah, my MVP right now would probably be between um, James Harden and Joker. Mm. Mm. Okay, the real king James of the league is James Harden. Uh, you heard it here from <laughs> Jalen Johnson. <himself. laughs> yeah, I didn't say that. Send all your hate <laughs> to him. <laughs> Guys, mark that down. That was Ross that said that. Jalen did not say that. <laughs> LeBron is different. I, honestly, the only reason I think LeBron's not going to win it is LeBron takes the most time off out of any other player. Not any other player, Bro, but for and the that's why he's not the stars, goat. He takes a lot of time off. Other than like Kevin Durant and Kyrie, he takes a lot of time off. I mean, which is needed. He yeah. He's getting the job done. Uh, I have no hate towards him, but um, I just don't think that that's what's going to come down to. And I feel like a lot of people aren't going to like that, but that's just how it is. That's fact. That is fact. Uh, next thing I want to talk about Jalen. So between we have two teams right now that are in second place in the conferences um, on the day of recording this right now, we have the nets that are technically tied record wise with the 76ers, but they're still on basis of um, strength of schedule. What have you. They're still in second place, even though they're on a currently on a six-game win streak. Um, then over there in the West Conference, which is hands down the better conference, right now the Suns are two and a half games behind the still surprising Utah Jazz. So out of these two teams, maybe going off of what we said about Joel and B now in the Sixers, who's more likely to finish first place in their conference? Um, honestly, I think even with Joel and B back, I think the Nets take the number one seed. Um, we talked about it when they first got there. It was a little choppy, so uh, it, it was definitely uh, something to worry about because we didn't know who's going to get the ball, who's going to score. Was James Harden still going to be able to put up triple, uh, triple, double, double doubles on the Nets? And he's proven that he can. Uh, he's had a forty point, uh, forty point double double, uh, first Nets to do it since Vince Carter. Um, so I, I think he's playing great. Uh, Kyrie's playing and still being able to get his time off at the same time. And when he is playing, he's playing great in like old Kyrie. Uh, Kevin Durant, when he plays, he plays like one of the best scorers in the league and best players in the league. Um, so that Nets team is, is completely solid. And like literally when you can, like like I said, if the Lakers have Anthony Davis and LeBron sit out, they are almost trash, completely trash. <laughs> Straight up. Yeah, that like team's they, they a lost, little top-heavy. The, a little exactly, top They heavy. lost to the Kings without Anthony Davis and LeBron James. That shows how bad that roster is right now. Hey, they and it was, was a, even it was, with both of them. <laughs> I am I'm no, a very, no, no, no. very loving Kings fan, and we barely beat them without Anthony Davis and LeBron, and they lost a lot without Anthony Davis, even with LeBron. Uh, but the Nets, if Durant sits, they're still good. If Kyrie sits, they're still good. If Harden sits, they're still good. But if two out of the three sit, they're still good. So um, I think they're just an all-around good team. And when you could play like that and have a solid team, when, even when your stars aren't playing, uh, I think that's what makes it. But I have, I have nothing against the Suns, but I think the Suns have a lot tougher time with Anthony Davis set to return pretty soon and, and, and LeBron uh, coming back. I feel like they have a hard time with them. And all the other surging teams in the West, I feel like the East is going to be the easiest one to take for the Nets. Uh, I do. I, I would like to see the Suns take number one. I think it'd be exciting. But uh, the Utah Jazz, man, they're just too damn good. Even surging. though both their both their All Stars got picked last for uh, whatever reason, because LeBron James is a hater. I, I think that's yeah. straight up. Come on, man. Like, so the Jazz are kind of on a downward spiral right now. Not downward spiral. Like, they're still winning. But like, I think they're like five and 
Yeah, they're in like a five. There ain't no Houston Rockets 10. downward spiral right now. So <laughs> yeah, like I don't think for it them, was that. I think they. I'm pretty sure that they've lost five out of their last ten, but like they already did so good to begin the season that they were able to make these mistakes real quick. So it happens so, when you get out there hot start, you get a little bit of a cushion there. But we're exactly. in the second half, solidly. And you gave us your second half predictions. You might have already seen this over on Twitter or Instagram. But Jalen, speaking of the Suns and the Nets, now even the other New York team in the Knicks, give us your rundown for what is going to happen in the second half of the season. Yes. So my first prediction for the second half of the season is that I, I had the Knicks making uh, the playoffs based on how they're playing exactly right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know the Knicks being the Knicks. This might just go completely downhill. But I have the Knicks finishing in the top five uh, in the Eastern Conference to make the playoffs. Right now, I have them finishing as the fifth seed um, um, Ooh, going into the playoffs, which would be very, very interesting. The East is like uh, the East is a lot stronger this year than it has been in past years. So the mm-hmm. East has kind of always been like the laughing stock, other than like t- the top two teams. Right. Um, but this is like the first season in a while that I've actually been like, there's like a good four or five teams in the league that I think could take it. Uh, and this season, it's just kind of been weird in general. Um, so I'm really excited to see what they do. I think with the way they're playing, with their rookies are playing, stepping up, their vets are stepping up. Also with the resurgence of Derrick Rose coming back to New York. Amazing. So I'm happy to see it. And oh, yeah. I'm, I'm all for it. I would love oh, yeah. to see the Knicks in top five and not go out in the first round like <laughs> they did during the Mellow and Amari Stoudemire era. Now That'd that, awesome. you know, top five, a <laughs> little bit of a stretch, but I could see that. Them actually winning the playoff series now, Jalen. You just got to yes. slow down uh, right there. My okay. second. Jeez. <laughs> yes. <laughs> my second prediction for the second half of the season is um, Phoenix. The Phoenix Suns will be a force to be reckoned with. And as we just talked about, who would take the number one seed in the West? I still didn't think they could do it, Ooh. all honesty. Uh, I think they can. The way they're playing with Devin Booker and CP3, they're both playing at MVP type uh, type play right now. Uh, and, and they're definitely on the way to being a top contender in the team. Can they keep it up? We don't know. We shall see in the second half of the season. But as of right now, the way they are playing, I think that they're going to be a force we reckon with. I think they're going to have like a jazz-like run for the first, like jazz ran the first half. I think they might be able to have that type of run the second half of the season. I'm hoping they finish at least top three. Um, But if they could push for that one, it'd be nice. Because, you know, me, obviously, like my team's not going to make this season. No Sacramento Kings fans, it's just not going to happen. There's still hope. There's still Techn- hope, but we're, they not, haven't making, been, we're not making the play. They haven't been mathematically eliminated yet, Jalen. So Probability-wise, yes. I'm taking statistics right now in college. <laughs> Um, probability wise, we are not out, but we're not making it. We're not out because of other people. It is not in our hands if we make it or not. Nope. (laughs) But as I was saying, I think that they're going to make it. And I love a good underdog. You know, I like seeing it mixed up. Like I, I, like when it was like the Cavs and Warriors every single year for a couple years in a row, like I like it because it's good basketball and I want the top teams to make it. But, you know, I like seeing a, a new team up there. I, I like seeing it mixed up. Like last season with Miami Heat uh, and the Lakers, it was Miami Heat without LeBron and that that top, uh, that uh, big three. So I, I like seeing it was slightly different. Um, so, you know, I, I want the underdog story. I, I would like to see the Suns finish first. They haven't oh, yeah. finished first in a very long time. So that'd be that'd be awesome to see. And then um, for my third prediction, the Nets, uh, I put Blake, uh, Blake Griffin will put the Nets over the top. <laughs> so, so dude with some arthritic knees that can't dunk and has been Blake Griffin for a while, he's going to get enough rebounds a game to, to put them over the top. I think he's still a great scorer. At least he can't uh, make think, that yeah, defense he, worse. Yeah, exactly. He can't make it any worse. <laughs> but I don't think the net. The thing about the Nets is they have three now four amazing scorers on their team that they can have on the floor at the same exact time. When you play bad defense, it does not matter. If you could put up 150 points a game and another team only drops 120 on you with you playing mm-hmm. bad defense, you don't really have to worry about defense. Like, yeah, in the long <laughs> run, you want to play good defense because you don't want to have to score 140 points because then if you have a bad shooting night, you're probably going to lose. But as of right now, they haven't had to worry about it. They played bad defense. I want to say absolutely horrible defense. Well, it's been NBA worst defense. defense ever since James Harden got there, so I yes. think you could call it horrible. I mean, the Kings have the statistically the worst defense in the league, so I can't oh, really okay. talk. No. But, 
yes, I I hundred percent think that their offense is good enough to where they do not have to worry about their defense and how bad it is. So going from the second half predictions, Jalen, going back to the original way we started off the show for whatever reason, it's just a continuous theme, is sadness. And there's three, at least three teams in the NBA right now that are just heartbreaking to, to be a fan of. And thank God I'm not really connected to one of them because I don't know I built if I built a handle it between the Sharks, the Broncos, between like the GWS, between just the, the, the A's, yeah. they're... All, all bad. But I think I'm not connected to any of the teams either. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I see as I'm wearing a whole bunch of Kings gear. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but the question is, Jalen, who is currently the hardest team to be a fan of between <clears throat> you got the T Wolves, you got the Kings, you got the Pistons, and if you want to throw in another one, let's say the Rockets. Yeah. Okay. That was the team I was going to have to throw in. Um, right now, Honestly, for me, obviously, it's the hardest to be a Kings fan because I'm a Kings fan. I only know how it feels to be a Kings fan. Um, when was the last time they were good? Was it 2006? 60s? Oh, was it? We were. You, when was the last time they won something? 2006. When was the last time they won a championship? Never. <laughs> we weren't in Sacramento. <laughs> was that still Kansas City? Yeah, I think so. The Royals. Oh. <laughs> yeah, the Royals. Oh, no. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Didn't me do that to you. I don't think the Kings are the worst team to be a fan of right now. With the Kings, you have some upside to look forward to. And I'm going to go through all the teams and the why they're not. underrated Darren Fox. Yeah, they have underrated Darren Fox, who they have now signed for at least another four or five years. Uh, they have a lot of trade pieces that they can use to get draft picks to try to move up in the draft. Plus, they're going to get a good draft pick this year, uh, and they have a good young core. Um, yes, they're not winning games right now, but they have something to look forward to in the future. And if you've been a Kings fan this long, you, you're not really too worried about going another couple of years of losing just to get a couple more pieces. Yeah. And with the trade deadline coming up, you have a little bit of hope for a little bit before it goes away again. Uh, <laughs> another one. Peace. <laughs> the Pistons. The Pistons are absolutely terrible, but they just traded Blake Griffin. Not traded. They let him go. Do they trade him or let him go? No, they, they, they bought his contract. So they, they bought him out. That's what I thought. They let yes. him go, essentially. They let him go. That, that era is over. Uh, they have some decent draft picks, and they have a decent young players on the team. Uh, they, they're they not probably going to be bad for, for a very long time. I, I don't see this as a terrible team. I just think they're not winning right now. They just lost Blake Griffin. They had all that drama going on. I think they're still figuring stuff out. Um, especially when you have a player on the team, which he was at that point, taking up that much cap to where you can't really do anything with it, uh, you're going to lose games, especially when he's not playing. He yeah. was sitting on the bench taking up cap space that they could have used for other players. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the trade deadline coming up, I expect them to make a couple of moves uh, to try to better the team. Mm. Uh, I don't think they'll be bad for long. Also, I don't think they're going to be a top team after this. I think they're going to be kind of like a middle-of-the-road team fighting for eighth, ninth seed uh, in the league. Then what about um, being the Timberwolves where over the years you've had talent – you still yes. got cat. You got legitimate all-star talent, but uh, yes, either you're injured or even when they're healthy, you still can't do jack with it. Okay, so my final two teams, and one of these two is going to be the hardest to be a fan of mm-hmm. um, for me. Uh, for me, uh, it's not the Timberwolves. Um, even though the Timberwolves, the Rockets are on a 17-game losing streak, and they still have a better record than the Timberwolves. <laughs> uh, the Timberwolves have lost oh, no. a lot of players. Oh, yes, no. they just drafted Anthony Edwards, so I think they had high hopes going to the season. Yep. But if you weren't a fan of that team, you kind of saw that they still had a lot of other problems to worry about. But with Anthony Edwards there, the number one overall pick, who's playing pretty good. Obviously, I mean, I don't think he's the best rookie in the draft class. I would say he's uh, probably around three or four. Uh, right now, especially with LaMelo and Tyrese Halliburton, the only bright side of the Kings, uh, that's his new nickname, um, being uh, in the league right now. I feel like he's probably the number, the number three rookie in the league, even mm-hmm. though he is playing amazing. They have that to look forward to. Cat's still doing amazing as long as he stays. If he doesn't want to stay, you can trade him for some great draft picks oh, yeah. or some great pieces somewhere else. Oh, yeah. So they have that to look forward to. The Houston Rockets, the reason why I think that they would be the highest team to be the, a fan of right now it's because they, for the last good amount of years, have known nothing but winning in playoffs. Now, all of a sudden, after starting the season off decent uh, and getting John Wall, <laughs> thinking that you're going to have John Wall and Harden, eh, and, and then all of a sudden Harden's no longer there. 
Now you're top two. You you had Boogie and John Wall. They have a connection. They're playing. Boogie gets his contract bought out, no longer on the team. Uh, then you have Victor Oladipo and John Wall, and they're now on a 17-game losing streak uh, for a team that's used to 17-game winning streaks. Yeah. So hmm. I, I think that that's the hardest transition. When your team's bad or has been recently bad and they go back to being bad, you don't really get mad about it. It's just it's the way sports work. But when you've been like a good team, like right now the Houston Rockets are the Patriots of the NBA. They're really good, and all of a sudden they're absolutely crap all of a sudden out of nowhere. <laughs> it's just what happens. You, you change your star player for another star player from another team, and it doesn't always work. And that's the exact, exact example of what happens. Yes, they have a lot of trade capital coming up, though, with the trade of James Harden, so that's to look forward to. But when you've been winning, and then all of a sudden you start losing to this degree, like some team, like the Patriots barely missed the playoffs. Like, yeah. I know they look bad, but they barely missed the playoffs. Yeah. The Rockets aren't going to be anywhere near touching the eighth or ninth seed, and I don't see it turning up from here. Yeah, I don't think they're win streaks. I mean, losing streaks going to go on forever. I think they're probably going to win one pretty soon. <laughs> and they're going to start another one. They're going to win one game this <laughs> one more game this season. They're, they're going to win like four or five. I don't know. Four <laughs> or five. Jeez. Somewhere I, some, something I can count my fingers. I don't see them winning more than 10 more games this season at the rate of which they're playing. Um, but yeah, they, they have a good future with the, the draft capital, but when you're a winning team, the main reason why they're the hardest team to be a fan of right now is when you are a winning team and you drop off this bad, not even like before the season, like before the season, they're like, we're good. We're set. We're still going to make playoffs. And they trade for John Wall. They're like, yeah, we're good. We're set. We're still going to make playoffs. And then James Harden left. They're like, we still got this. And now they're on a 17 game losing streak. So <laughs> I think the fans are going through it right now. And in, in all honesty, I think you fans think? are going through it right now. You think? Yeah. <laughs> Just a little bit. Oh, it's, 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 um, I really don't know what else to do, man. It's just not good. It's just, oh, I, I, I genuinely feel bad for the fans of these teams because like these teams, maybe besides the Rockets, uh, maybe at least the T-Wolves, Kings and, um, and then the Pistons, they have some pretty diehard fans like, uh, because they haven't been good for a while. Yeah. So I respect those fans for sticking with them. Like. I hate the Raiders, but I'll I I've always respected those fans because they've sucked for a while, but they still got fans. So I and every year is their year. <laughs> no, 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 now that's just the Cowboys, Jalen. <laughs> yeah, that's it's, just the Cowboys. It's it, it's really tough to be a fan of one of those teams. But there we go. That's our NBA stuff for today. Now, let's talk a little bit of NFL general. Of course, uh, if you haven't caught our NFL offseason week five breakdown yet, where we gave all like breakdowns from all day one and day two of NFL free agency, me and Alex killed that. So go go check that out because a lot of underrated signings, a lot of overrated signings, and then most importantly, our biggest winners and losers of the uh, NFL free agency period pretty Texans. much so far. Yeah, the Texans are the biggest winners <laughs> and the Patriots are the biggest losers. Oh, wait, no. Had that one switched up. It's not not the Texans. <laughs> and a quick shout out to Bears fans. Poor guys. So go check that out now. Oh, yeah, uh, available everywhere. But... One of the guys on the show that we talked about while he was still on the market when we when we put this show out was offensive tackle, best tackle in the league, Trent Williams. And he now inks a six-year, $138.06 million contract to stay with the San Francisco 49ers. He becomes the highest-paid offensive lineman in history. But, you know, last time when you see this deal go through, like the highest-paid, normally it's by like a million or so, at least – no, no. Remember last year, um, you know, um, Packers offensive lineman David Victoria, he became the highest paid offensive lineman in history. Yes. But Trent Williams is making ten thousand dollars more a year than Victoria is now. So you know what they should have done to be like really, really one dollar, one dollar No, a penny. They should just give him an extra penny just and a... just put it on the contract. I'm the highest paid by a penny. And then it'd be funny because the Packers like we just gave him twenty five cents. It was like I just gave him a golden dollar. <laughs> that's, that's so damn petty, <laughs> but it's really petty. But I absolutely love it. I love the tweet that Victoria put out uh, after that, making fun of it. It's oh, that's so good. That's <laughs> how you have the title of high. Well, I mean, if we're, you were talking pennies, but ten thousand dollars to one of these teams, that's like half a penny right there. It really is not that much money. So that's. 
Yeah, the Saints. That's great, but, to... but for the Niners, fantastic piece that they're <laughs> able to, to, to keep around because there's no way that you could let him leave. He was the most important free agent on that team uh, this year, so good for them that they're able to, to grab that down. And shout out to John Lynch for not being able to get both Trent Williams, but also the juice is back and he is still loose. So the Niners are doing pretty good for agency so far. Now they just need a new quarterback. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's a big signing. I mean, I don't like to see it because I'm a Cardinals fan. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah that's not going to help J.J. Watt or Chandler Jones. Yeah, but he can only – hold on. He can only guard one of them. So, yep. uh, <laughs> I mean, they just signed Alex Mack also, so that or helps Hassan also. Or Hassan Redick for them either. I mean, I'm not – I mean, I'm a big – don't get me wrong. I'm a very, very big Hassan Redick fan. Uh, he, he, he went from a walk-on to a scholarship athlete to Mark one of the team captains. To, and he got 12 sacks, but the only I, player within the last three seasons to have a five sack game, so that's pretty good. Yeah, my thing is, I think he was great, and I would have loved to see him come back to get better. He had a five sack game, which is not easy mm-hmm. uh, against the Giants, and he had a decent season even without that game, yeah. you know. Um, but I, I also think that they weren't willing to break the bank off of one season, which is fair. And I understand that. Yes, as a player, you believe in yourself and you know, like, oh, this is what I can be doing the whole time. I can't find this going to get tagged. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, um, it just happens. It's just one of those awkward situations. Do you think he can do it again? Uh, I don't think the Cardinals went to offer him the amount that he thought he was going to be worth. So the Panthers did. That's right. Good move for the Panthers, though, because they finally get their edge rusher, which is, is something that they really need on, on that defense. Uh, so, good move for, for either side. I mean, you still got Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt, the NFL sack leader since 2011. Um, so, you know, one and two right there. So that, yeah, number one and number two. That's, so That's a pretty good pass rush right there. Uh, as of right now, on paper, I think we're still pretty set without Hassan. I would love to have Hassan back one day. Uh, but as of right now, <laughs> I think we're still pretty set. Exactly. And... One of the things I want to talk about, too, is Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, he's a free agent this year. When free agency, like before free agency, first time we were like, oh, he's going to get his extension from the Steelers. And then time kept on progressing. It's like, oh, they haven't signed him yet. Oh, wait, now yeah. there's less of a chance that he actually returns to Pittsburgh. Oh, wait, now there's a 10% chance he returns to Pittsburgh. Oh, wait, now he's talking with the Jets, but he still hasn't been really signed or or throwing <laughs> some money his way. So that makes me ask, in your opinion, at least, is Juju a wanted commodity? Because to me, for the amount of money he's probably going to be asking for, I don't want him. I wouldn't want him. Um, Me, the first thing I'm asking Juju when he comes in for a meeting is, are you going to be dancing on people's logos again? Or are you As going to be uh, deleting your TikTok account? <laughs> No, I don't mind. Like, you can have your TikTok. If you're just doing those after-game pre, uh, after game little TikToks mm-hmm. or just you're just doing TikTok in your free time, fine. My thing is, as a, f- a football player and, and a great lover of the sport of football, I think dancing on the logo is one of the most disrespectful things in the world. Yeah. Uh, Terrell Owens proved that when he, he even danced. He just stood he on just the stood there and he got blindsided. Blindsided. <laughs> Absolutely blindsided. Um... So I, I I don't like it personally. Um, do your TikTok stuff. Just don't dance. Like just dance somewhere else. You the, there's a the reason like don't you don't really do stuff on logos. There's a reason Angel they don't walk over the, around the, the logo. logo I don't, in, you don't in the step on the logo. There's a reason back in high school, me and a couple of my boys posed on the other team's logo uh, after we beat them as underdog in the playoff game. Yeah, we did not hump their logo. That's for sure. That'd be yes, immature. Yeah, yeah, we did. I was there. I think I'm. <laughs> That's all the, the header on my personal Twitter. Yes, it is. <laughs> I, so go check out his personal Twitter. I, I just don't need to see that. think Juju's worth it. I, I, I really don't. He's a talented receiver, but also, I don't believe that Juju's even a wide receiver one. He's a wide receiver two. That's going to be asking for wide receiver one money. If he ends up in New York with the Jets, I feel like that's a fine fit because, you know, New York, you, you need the personalities almost. But I like a workhorse team. And. I, they, I mean, they designed Davis, so it'd be a nice combo to go with those two. I think they're in the same draft class, if mm-hmm. not uh, similar. Uh, close. And then you already uh, have Nims there, there in New York too, so that could yeah, be a like, good group. But they I, have it, it'd be a good group. I think they could. The Jets could probably, if anyone, they can do it because they can sign a young little core 
that they already have and they're like look can you take a little less money we could make this work and then after give you like a two two three year contract and after that runs out then we can give you the big money but we're trying to rebuild right now we can't give you all this money yeah uh, i i think they have that uh, i feel like they're one of the few teams that can say that and players would believe them like look we've been bad we finally had the opportunity to be good we really don't want to waste all of our money on one player can you give us a break I think he might be able to make that work. So uh, I think he'd be a good fit over there. I think he's a good receiver. I think he could definitely make it pretty much anywhere he goes. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think he's a receiver number one, but more just I think – I don't think he, he's like a you have to double cover him to stop him type player. I, I think he's he's really good. Uh, but I don't see him as a number one. I see him as like a slot receiver, number two type. Um I think he's going to have that type of career. Uh, if you're a wide receiver one, it, it, realistically, you're going to have to at least be able to compete against a guy like a Jalen Ramsey, like like type cornerback. Exactly. If, if Somebody you're... following you. Juju's not doing that. Juju's not being Jalen Ramsey. I'm not right now. Uh, I, I can't say for the rest of his career. At one point in his career, he might. But like but right now, not no. right now, no. Jalen Ramsey's think. putting up that clamps on that guy, but he's still probably going to get paid. Yeah, but not as much because also it's been kind of a bad like year. For, it's been a bad year for receivers in general too. They've been making less money. Kenny Galladay's still out there too, so much rather have a Kenny Galladay pay a wide receiver one wide receiver money. I think right now Juju's not signed because people are waiting to see the contract that Kenny Galladay gets. And then you kind of go off of that because that's going to be like the that's going to be what the rest of the it looks like because AJ Green just got signed for eight mil. It's really six mil guaranteed with like eight uh, another two million incentives. I think people really don't want to go off of that just because AJ Green it's kind of like a low risk high reward type situation. So you don't really want to base your rest of your free agency oh, contract. No, I'm, I'm not basing my my contracts off of what the hell AJ Green's getting paid. I'm exactly maybe maybe four years ago yes, but right now. I mean, he, he's making a little amount, so he's making six mil. So I think a lot of players were thinking, hey, Which he's kind of going out the door. For, that was a good deal for the Cardinals. Um, that was a very team-friendly deal. Exactly. Um, so I'm cool with I that. I think that Juju, Juju and Galladay are both going to be looking for around like eight to ten mil. So I think that they just still haven't seen what their limit uh, is. And so teams are going to be willing to give them that money just to find out. And sticking while well, on the conversation of teams like the Cardinals and the Jets, I want to put these two divisions together, Jalen, because these two divisions have seen a tremendous increase in talent over the last couple of years and this free agency in specific. Right now in the NFC West, you have clearly the best division in the NFC from last year, and it's only gotten better unless you're the Seahawks. Uh, <laughs> oh, I feel so bad for them. Uh, yeah, but you have... The Cardinals really revamping that defense. That offense has really been developing. Then especially if they get a Philip Lindsay type guy, which we'll talk about in a second, that could really put them over the top. And then that, I mean, just defensively, look at that division between the Niners, between the Cardinals, and between the best defense in the league with the LA Rams. That's mm -hmm. um even worse news for Seahawks and Russell Wilson. It just keeps on getting worse every time we keep talking about it. <laughs> it's... Yeah, I know I know I know Russell Wilson cried when he saw that they signed uh, Andy Dalton to the Bears. Oh. Oh, I also poor Bears fans. You go from Russell Wilson to Andy Dalton. Oof. Yeah, like I had high hopes for you well, guys. More of the story, Jalen. <laughs> Never get your hopes up as any bit of fan. But then over in the AFC East, you got the Bills, which are more in the AFC Championship game. And they could, they're, they're probably going to be back and held their Super Bowl contender at this point. The mm -hmm. Miami Dolphins, sure, they didn't make the playoffs last year, but they missed the playoffs as a 10 and 16. That, that hardly ever happens. They're a legitimate playoff team, and they're only getting better with one of the best defenses mm -hmm. and arguably the best cornerback duo in the league. And then you yeah. have the Patriots, which have just absolutely made free agency. They're, they're, they're a kind of bitch, to, to really put it that way. Bill Belichick yeah. has been going on the spending spree. And if you listen to uh, to our NFL breakdown, which you can still go check that out, Bill Belichick is on a bit of a midlife crisis at this point because he's just spending some cash. And then you got the Jets. So, like, in each division, you have clearly three great teams. And then you got the Seahawks. And then you got, oh, the, yeah, there's the Jets. But... Three teams or uh, two divisions, which three teams are playoff caliber. Which division is the best one? Um, I think right now I would have to say just because I feel like the AFC uh, is – I feel like right now they're still building. Those teams are on paper really, really good and, and definitely threats. 
Um, I think the NFC West right now has kind of been like in the top conversation for divisions for a long time. And just with all these additions and free agency besides the Seahawks are kind of, I think they forgot what time of year it is uh, and not signing anybody. <laughs> they literally, they, I think they've signed one or two players, but no one from a different team. It's only been like signings. Like, I honestly think like Shaquille like came in to get his stuff. Shaquille Griffin came in to yep. get his stuff. And they're like, where are you going? And they're like, Oh, I signed another team. They're like, what do you mean signed? They're like, it's free agency. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> what's that? So, um, they're not doing anything right now, but I, I think that they still have potential. They're well, still they are team. doing one thing, Jalen, and they're the one thing they're doing is making Russell Wilson cry. Tanking for enter new quarterback's name here. Oh, jeez. We'll find out soon after this college football season gets going, right. uh, who they're going to be tanking for. But I, I don't think Russell Wilson wants to be there. No. I was a quarterback, and I saw that defensive lines and cornerbacks in that uh, division. I wouldn't want to be there. Hey, I'm, um, I'm handing the ball off every play. <laughs> exactly. Like, that's not my problem, coach. <laughs> I told you I don't want to be here. So I'm going to hand it off. Wait, coach, you said kneel down? You said kneel yeah, oh. I'm going to kneel it down. Every play? Yeah. Every play kneel but, down? But um, okay. I think the NFC West right now, uh, just based off of the defenses – uh, the coaches uh, in that division and the offensive weapons that are in that division, and even even the the kind of lower level players, the level to which they're playing to for those teams right now, I just think the NFC West is somebody like other than the Seahawks right now. But even the Seahawks, if they get that Russell Wilson thing figured out, they're going to be back in the conversation. If they start doing something for agency, they'll be back up there. They were just they just made playoffs last year. Like uh, they're not a bad team. Um, so. I think after they get it figured out, well, there'll be four out of four teams in NFC West who are all playoff contenders. So I, I think that's a that's a dangerous division to have to go against. It is a dangerous division, but Jalen, the only problem there with your lo- logic and argument is that you're putting a lot of faith into the Seahawks not messing something up again. So yeah, that that's a big if. That's that's a big if. Right now, I'm gonna have to go with the AFC East just because the Bills are Super Bowl contenders. And they're, they're similar divisions because you got the Bills, which you could you could kind of put them. You can compare them to the LA Rams, where they're Super Bowl contenders going into the season. You have mm-hmm. the secondary team, which is the Miami Dolphins, who are definitely playoff contenders, and you could put that with the Arizona Cardinals, definite playoff yeah. contenders. And then you have the Patriots, which are playoff contenders. You could put those. I I think they're closer to the San Francisco 49ers type team. And then you got the two disappointments with the Jets and Seahawks, like we already mentioned. I mean, yeah. I, like I mean, the, the Jets just got, uh, I believe it's Sala. I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Sala. Sala. They got Rob Sala. So, Sala, of course, Rob that's going, to be, that's going uh, to be a huge addition. But it's still. Yeah, he brings a huge intensity to that team. Uh, I think he can turn that team around. If anybody if anyone, can turn that team around, it would probably be him. If anyway, so. he was hands down the best head coaching uh, uh, signing in in the league during this offseason. Right but, now, based off of that and what he's building right now, I, mm-hmm. I would put him over the Seahawks right now and what they're doing. Obviously, the Seahawks. Rob Sala somehow... is better than Pete Carroll. Right now. Okay. No. Right now. He is. Let's, let's, <laughs> I, I, let's be bold, Jim. Mm, but okay. right now, I'm, <laughs> I'm t- if the Bills win against any of those four teams, I'm taking the Bills in most of those games. I know. The Cardinals probably not going to get another Hail Mary. Okay. So I don't know don't, about that. We have two. Now we're just going to put AJ Green don't and Don't you dare DeAndre lean into the, I saw there. you lean into the mic, Jane. I knew exactly <laughs> what you were going to say. Okay. Back up. Back up out of that. I was going to say, I'll match your Bills with the Hail Mary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Back back away from the mic. The Bills are being the Cardinals signed times out of 10. Hail Mary 2.0. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I got. Mark my words. Yeah, right now, Jim. I hate this, but I'm putting the Dolphins as a better team than the Cardinals. No. I, I I will go with that. I think it'd be a great game. Oof, mm, it, it's just, I almost like the Niners. How would you rank it if they were one division? Okay, we're going the Bills, mm-hmm. Rams, mm-hmm. Dolphins, Niners, Cardinals, Jets, Seahawks. Mm. Mm. Okay, I would probably go Bills. Uh. It's a, go tough it's a tough one. Oh wow, yeah, that is that is really <laughs> tough. I probably go Bills, Rams, yep, Cardinals, yep, Dolphins, mm-hmm. um, Niners or Patriots. Oh, I Niners. forgot the Patriots. My bad. I, I don't know how yeah, I forgot yeah, the Patriots. Yeah, yeah. The Patriots are um behind the San Francisco 49ers. 
Yeah, I, then I put 49ers, and then I put Patriots, and then I would go Jets, Seahawks. Oof. Seahawks. Oh, Seahawks as well. Not often do you see that. But, oh, I, I probably – hell, Jalen, because what's going to happen anyway is Super Bowl – 56 is going to be the Buffalo Bills versus the LA Rams, and you can book that right now. No, it's not. It's going to be the Cardinals. Against the Cardinals are the Cardinals are going all out right now. So yeah, I, if, I, if the, I already told you. Okay, here I'll make the the bed. So uh, I'm talking about MLB on our UFC stuff. Uh, if you heard that, Blake made the, the the bet that if Justin Gaethje, who has never attempted a takedown in the UFC, attempts one against Mike or a, in the rest of his UFC career attempts one, especially against Michael Chandler, which is the proposed fight that's likely going to be happening according mm-hmm. to Ariel Hawani. He will have to do the one chip challenge, which is a really, really spicy and awful tortilla chip. And it's also like twenty bucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's it's a chip. Um, and then I told Jalen that if the San Francisco Giants win the division, which is no one how they do, I'll eat one chip. Then I'll tell you right now, Jalen, you're going to make one of these bets for to, to balance things out soon. But uh, we'll, okay. we'll find a way. But you have to find a bet I can make. Yeah. Exactly, we'll we'll find the bet that you can make. But I will say oh, that we can if, do it for the um the the Rockets. I said the Rockets won't win more than ten games this season. So I if mean, the Rockets yeah. win eleven games, you have to eat the chip. If they win eleven more games for the rest, of, how many games do they have left? Let me look that up real quick. Just we, so we, just I don't, I don't through, we just made through halfway. So, um, do do some math. Half half the games. <laughs> Or how many games are left in the NBA season? (laughs) I put NFL. All right. There are 72 games this season, and we've made it halfway, which is, wait, 35 games left? Yeah. Yeah. 35 games. And right now the Rockets have, they're at 11 wins. So you say if they break 20, if they break 20. If they break, break, uh, they're at 11? Yeah, Yeah, so if they break 20, if they hit 22 wins, I will eat a one (laughs) chip. Oh, let's go. Let's go. And then Jalen, just to help you out too, I'll make another one. I'll make another one. If the Cardinals make the Super Bowl, I will eat that chip. So you're going to eat two chips if you're both your, uh, I will eat two of those. All right. I have no problem with that because it ain't happening. Honestly, I think this Rockets one might be a little, but I, I really. It's fine with me. I really hope because that, oh, uh, that would be a great time. Watch <laughs> the Rockets are going on eleven game win streak and then start losing for the rest of the season. <laughs> or like it's gonna like I'm my thing is I'm really no, scared. Jim, they're going to win the like last la- the last game of the season is going to get exactly. the twenty two wins. That's what I was saying. They're going to win like the last game of the season. I'm going to be mad like at the last game of the season. It's like against like the only team worse than them. <laughs> oh, I, oh man. Oh, I, I can pray. But it's because the last game is like, their last three games. I'll say last five or, or probably losses because they have the Jazz, the Trailblazers, the Lakers, the Clippers. And then their last game of the season is against the Hawks. So but might be you also have to think, there. depending on if the Lakers are clinched or are not Ooh, in position, they might be resting. Want, they might be resting. The Clippers players. might be resting. The Jazz might be resting. Oh. <laughs> Fingers crossed, baby. Fingers crossed. And so let's I go back from happiness. Let's go back to sadness because <laughs> the Broncos rescinded uh, Philip Lindsay's RFA and they agreed to mutually part ways. And I am super. Oh, sad the, about when this. did that happen? This morning. It happened. <laughs> this to, morning? It, or it happened Thursday morning in the NFL. So. Oh my goodness! I don't I did like not it. Hear about that. I, I before I went to class, I checked Twitter and I was like, "Oh no, I'm sad." I mean, originally he had an original round tender, which he was un- drafted free agent. So technically, yeah. what does that mean? It, uh, they they get it's. I think it was a low round. They would get a low round, like a day three kind of, um, a, a oh. day three pick is what they would do instead. But so like a seventh round pick or something. Essentially, but he's gone now, Jalen. So where do you think he's going to go? I think. James Conner is out of of um of Pittsburgh, so I think the Pittsburgh um, Steelers mm-hmm. might be a good spot for him. The Buffalo Bills need a running back. If they get a dynamic running back like Philip Lindsay, they are hands down a Super Bowl con- like if they're not already a Super Bowl contending team, mm-hmm. that's a Super Bowl contender right there. Because what's the one thing that they didn't have last year? 
a good a run game. Run game. Phil yeah. Lindsay's a damn good running back. I mean, look, he in, in three years with the Broncos, what he's been able to do is become the first undrafted rookie to make the Pro Bowl, offensive mm-hmm. rookie to make the Pro Bowl, the first undrafted player in NFL history to rush for back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons to start his career. And he's only one of six running backs with at least 2,500 yards and 4.8 yards per carry, and he's never fumbled the football. Yes. So that's good. That is real good right there. I also like I like the Cardinals. If the Cardinals get mm-hmm, him, he's a better too. he's like a better way better Kenyon Drake, uh, kind of like there. Or I'll put a fourth team with the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, Seattle Seahawks need a running back. I think they'll look for the draft for that one. Um, right now, the only reason I I kind of don't want him on the Cardinals, like I would love him, but um, the main thing I I, I want the Cardinals right now. I get emotionally attached to players. So right now, you know Benjamin, we just dropped him in the seventh round last year. He is good, and we haven't been able to see him play. He didn't play last year because he's not good on special teams as in like as a gunner. Yeah. So he didn't get any uh, reps on special teams, and we had Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds who took all the rest of the reps. Um, with them gone, I we still have Eno Benjamin and Chase uh, Edmonds. So yeah, he'd be a good uh, good person there to put in there to probably start. Uh, but I really wanted to draft Etienne or Najee Harris. Mm-hmm. Uh, preferably mm-hmm. Najee Harris. Uh, so. That the kind of makes, are, they could they would have to trade up to game there at a good spot of where he might be able to fall to them. No, I think right now I think the Cardinals are probably going to trade back. We just traded their round pick for uh, Rodney Hudson. Uh, we're probably going to need that back. So I think I see I see the Cardinals training back from sixteen uh, to probably like the twenties or something like that for another first round pick and their third round pick back. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think with their second round pick, I think they could probably get Etienne or Najee, whichever one falls. Um, Etienne's so, really good. I would not mind yeah, him falling. I'd be ha- <laughs> if either of them fall to us in the second round, I would take them. I wouldn't take either of them in the first round, uh, just because with Patrick Peterson leaving, you need to grab a corner. There's just no exception to that. Um, so yeah, but I would love to see Philip Lindsay. If we ended up not drafting a running back and just going with Lindsay, I'd be 100 okay with it. And the last thing in NFL to talk about today, Jalen. We all know that there's there's no NFL combine. There's nothing going on in Indianapolis right now, even though there, there should mm-hmm. be it, it, while we're talking. But there's pro days taking place at their universities all across the country. We have players that either didn't play last year and just went ready for the draft. We have players that mm-hmm. did uh, get ready uh, or play last year, and they still are getting ready for the draft, like, like kind of normal. Do you think that no, not having combine, just worrying about your pro day, because of most players, they do the combine and their pro days. Mm-hmm. Is it good or bad thing? For me, I really that was a bad thing. But after thinking about it for a very long time, and I really do mean a very long time of thinking about this, I think it's a good thing. I think the pressure that the NFL draft, not draft, the NFL combine brings makes a lot of players. We've seen every single year somebody who absolutely shits the bed at, at the combine. And that's <laughs> the pro day really good. Because they're really comfortable performing at their school and stuff like that, but then the pressure there is just a big difference going in front of all those NFL scouts yes. in Indianapolis with the rest of those NFL prospects. That's yes. a big deal. That's a big deal. And also, I think it's a little better for players because they kind of get more of a a feeling for what teams like them. Because combine, everyone's there. Everyone's yeah. looking at everybody. But if a team shows up to your pro day, it's usually because they're actually looking at you and they have an actual want for you to be on their team you kind of get a better because teams have to be more picky about it like i can't send him there because somebody else is doing this today too i can't send you there so you can't you can't waste scouts when you when you have a limited amount of scouts and a lot of people doing pro days around the same day um with travel and all that so i think it's better for players because players kind of get a sense of where they're going and what teams really want them um especially for like the guys who are probably going to end up going undrafted they get to decide based off of the coaches they've talked to and who actually came to see their pro day, uh, who really wants them and what atmosphere they really want to be in. Um, the only thing I don't like about this whole situation is players not being able to visit teams like in person. Uh, that's the only thing I'm not a big fan of right now. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, I, I think this has been a positive. I, I think guys are comfortable at their campuses doing their workouts where they've been be. practicing. I, I know it. you had to be athletic to be able to do these events, but yes. it's almost like you, you get one shot to really do like some of these drills. You get like one attempt at the, or like 
one kind of round with it if like the vertical your your um, broad jumps your 40s your your um, three cone drills and stuff like that mm-hmm. and a lot of the times like you're able to do this better at your own gym your own practice and stuff like that and then not all the times it i think it's rare almost like your best performance comes at the combine kind of like um yeah. it's a similar thing to like um track and field events it's really mm-hmm. hard that w- when your best time or your best throw comes at anything but practice i mean you you and me both play those sports you, know, you and me both know that like i think my my all-time shot put pr is probably a practice <laughs> yeah was... my all-time is a practice because like sometimes i practice like when you're just really trying to grind and get you're better feeling, and then but then you have done. to take you have all the time to do it and then you just the moment is big for a lot of people. Of course, that's a positive thing for these coaches to see if they're able to, to really play um, and yeah. to be able to perform under pressure. But also, it's a thing like the combine doesn't really show how good a player is anyway. I've never really mm-hmm. been a fan of the combine. So if players are able to get better times, um, you know, better better numbers. Yeah, good for them. I'm okay with that because I the combine doesn't matter. The yeah. combine also, my thing is I, I'm thinking of it as home game versus away game. Most teams statistically do better at home games because that's the field that they're used to. That's their home. They have to defend their turf. You do not want to get a bad clock 40 at your own turf. Oh, more. <laughs> no, no, that's not happening. So uh, that, that's how I look at it. Home game versus an away game. And I think anybody, any athlete in the world who's played sports at an away game would choose a home game. Essentially, the, to sum it up, um, combine's overrated, and you really shouldn't care about that because the only thing that determines if a player is good or not is your score on the Wonderlick test. <laughs> Obviously. Obviously. Taking again this year. Which is, I am smart, is Aaron Rodgers. So I forgot. I think mine's is Tom Brady. So I, I can, I'm as good as Aaron Rodgers, uh, according to that, <laughs> in every way. <laughs> but let's wrap things up, Jalen. Just a court, a couple MLB kind of prediction things, and then a small debate that I just want to get your thoughts on because we run it on Instagram and Twitter. We um, mm-hmm. already gave my thoughts to all of you guys. Just want to see what you have to think about this. But mm-hmm. my first kind of prediction for the MLB season is, I just want to say that the MLB in baseball is at it is way better when Shohei Otani is both pitching and hitting mm-hmm. and fully healthy because this guy is a freak athlete. And when was the last time we've been able to see someone? have junk be able to throw absolute junk on the mound they also be able mm-hmm. to rip a 400 foot 430 foot home runs like like it's nothing this dude you is, don't see it every day th- right this dude's a tank but i have to ask you jalen what's more likely that shohei otani has 10 wins as a pitcher or hits mm. at least 25 home runs this season oh um, <laughs> I w- I'm telling you now, I would like to see him hit 25 home runs. I, I feel like I would prefer that. Both. He's doing both. I would love to see both. If he could do both, I would I would love it. But Freak. I would honestly, as a pitcher, obviously he's a pitcher. They signed him to be a pitcher. I would. I think they would prefer he gets the 10 wins over the 25 home runs. Um, I'd like to see both. My I like I like him as a player. I really wanted him to be a giant when he was first talking about coming. Oh, to I really want to be an A. <laughs> Everyone wanted him on their team, just seeing what he was able to do. Thank God then, he didn't go to New York at least, because then you don't, you don't have to worry about the DH spot and all that stuff all the time when you have a pitcher. I, who's I, I still just think there. my favorite thing is that I will always be able to say. Also, um, Patreon supporter Ray Rodriguez were able to make out to opening day a few seasons ago when Shohei mm-hmm. Otani made his MLB debut against Oakland Athletics and. Oh, it's so cool to be able to see him and see him live. He's different. You he's, should have seen the definition. The, of you should have seen different. the amount of Japanese reporters that are around that dugout. It was insane. It was like a beehive. <laughs> and that's the thing. My thing, real quick. I think that that is amazing. Being able to see like when a player comes over to join a league, like from any sport, when they, or like another country, basketball wise and all that. Seeing all like the reporters from their country coming over, being so like proud of that player i love seeing that like that that's pride right there and i love it it's cool stuff uh i i think ultimately he's going to have more than he's going to have the 25 home run mark not because he's going to bad pitching but it's because the angels are not a good team and it's because they're probably going to screw shohei otani over and every time he's on the mound like oh yeah i totally shohei could hold teams under three runs a game but also the Angels aren't able to score three runs a game. Yeah, no, the funny thing is when I was putting it in my head, I was just thinking of Otani by himself. Like, I was exactly. thinking, like, yeah. Otani by himself, yeah. He can, win. You can hit Easy. 25 home runs by yourself. A win is a team thing, so unless he shoots. Yeah, but right when you said a win is a team thing, even if a pitcher like, oh. throws a perfect game, <laughs> a pitcher could be perfect. They can throw a perfect game, get everyone out. 
you still need your team to score at least one run. <laughs> yeah. Because so, if he hits three home runs and the other, score, the other team scores five points and you lose 5-3. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to say right there. Next yeah. guy I want to talk about is Corey Seager. You know, two-time Silver Slugger, Rookie of the Year, uh, World Series MVP, all-around fantastic talent down there with the Dodgers. I'm sorry, Jalen. Don't mean to talk him up like that. I know you don't like him. Uh, but but uh, get over it is all I got to say. Uh, I, I don't not like him as a person. You just don't like the don't, team. Yeah. I don't like I don't know the if that's team fair. he's on. You like, trade it or you leave. Like, I, can I'll say, I can say I hate Tom Brady as a player, but I respect the man. But also, no, I respect time, him. I, I, I respect hate, him as a player. I, I do not like that. He I plays absolutely despise Tom Brady, but I respect what he's able to do. I just hate him because he's good. <laughs> that's yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's and I, it's not really, it's not even like a real hate. Like when you retire, I'm gonna be like, awesome, Dad. Thank God, thank God, you're finally done <laughs> awesome with this. Guy, <laughs> Let's give everyone else a chance. But Corey Seager, he's been on the tier with home runs, man. He's um, he's a slugger. There's a reason he won the Silver Slugger twice now. Mm-hmm. So. Over under, we're going back to a full 162 game MLB season. Are you taking the over under on 30 and a half home runs hit by Corey Seager this year? I have him hitting 31 on the. Sorry, taking the over. Yeah, <laughs> barely. Over. I have him hitting a half a home run exactly at 30 and a half. 30 and a half. <laughs> it like it like goes in, uh, over and then bounces back. So like we'll give you half a point. Can we call it a, <laughs> a ground rule double a home a half a home run? <laughs> Hey, hey, if he hits a ground rule double and only hits 30 home runs, I'll give it I'm to you. It. Well, it's because the ball made over the fence and half the there's four bases. He only made the two. That's half. I think I think a, Technically, a double is half of a home run. No, I think ground rule double. Well, it's because a home run has to lead the field. Ground rule mm-hmm. double left the field. You would have. No, uh, yeah, I'm totally going to try to justify this. I'm going to sound like a moron. <laughs> if he if he hits 30 and he gets that and he gets that diagram roll double, I'll give it to you. Thank you. The fourth and long podcast. If he we'll does that, it. you have to eat the chip. <laughs> I will eat a chip if he hits three and only gets the ground rule double. Oh, we're oh, going. That, I swear, Joe, we're going to have to make all these bets, and we're going to have to eat like thirty of these chips and just die. And that's when we delete episodes and delete all the evidence. No, that's when we just <laughs> say uh, anything for views. <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, and then the last thing I want to ask you, Jalen, is I made my thoughts clear on this, but mm-hmm. I I can pull up. The, the exact stats for you. So everyone else had, um, so you can have the same insight is is everyone else on this one. Mm-hmm. But my boy, Ichiro Suzuki, one of the favorite guys, like uh, we sp- spoke about Japanese player Shohei Otani. Uh, when I was, when I spent my time in Japan as an exchange student, actually, I had just a, a baseball game with Ichiro Suzuki. And I swear that dude is a god there in Japan. He, mm-hmm. It's it's really insane how popular Ichiro is. He he transcends everything. But who is the better hitter in baseball history? Not just MLB, but all of baseball. Ichiro Suzuki or all-time hits leader Pete Rose. Now let me give you some stats. Is that Pete Rose holds a career record in hits with 4,256 and had 10 200-hit seasons in 24 years. Ichiro Suzuki has 3,089 hits, so about 1,100 less. He had 10 straight 200-hit seasons in 19 years. His first 10 seasons in the MLB, he hit 200, or he had 10 straight 200-hit games. Then Ichiro also led the MLB in hits. 200-hit game, that's crazy. Sorry, not... <laughs> Thank you. you... <laughs> seasons. Yeah. Um, oh, that would just be weird. Uh, but also, I want to put past one. Long game. Right? <laughs> also, Ichiro, he led the MLB in hits seven times. And had the best batting average twice with 350. He was batting a 350 in 2001 in his first season. And he, in 2004, he batted an unreal 3 point or 0.372 mm-hmm. in 2004. So stupid numbers. Pete Rose led the league in batting average three times with a 0.335 and a 0.348 and a 0.338. He also led on-base percentage twice with a .39 and a .418. Out of these guys, Jalen, who's a better hitter in baseball history? In all honesty, I'm going to put this in basketball terms. Ooh, let's they basketball are the terms. Michael Jordan and LeBron of hitting. Mm. Pete Rose is the Michael Jordan, the old-school classic. All the older uh, fans of baseball probably think Pete Rose is the best. 
all the modern day guys probably think Ichiro's the best. This is the one time where I flip. I'm a I'm a firm believer in Jordan as the goat of basketball. That's <laughs> yep. just how I feel. Never going to change. But right now, I am unless going LeBron, to have to go. what if LeBron James wins uh, three uh, NBA Finals before he retires? If he wins three more, I'll give him the goat. Okay, steps. okay, for sure. My and my thing right loses, now is he goes three and nine in these next finals. No, uh, okay. sorry, I, I mean like my thing. The biggest thing about Jordan right now is you have to think just real quick. You have to think about how many championships he won and how many seasons he did it and how many attempts that he actually made it to the championship and actually won. Like, that that's crazy. No one else is going to come in and win that percentage. Like, if you statistically put it, the percentage of championships that he won versus the statistics of championships LeBron won is free. It's crazy. Yeah. So that's just my opinion. Yeah. But I do think Ichiro – um, is probably the best hitter. I, I think just being able to watch him and see what he did and then also being able to watch film on of course, Pete we Rose. Of we have to throw in some bias. Like, we never got to see Pete Rose live, obviously, because yeah, we're not 50, play, no. 60 years old. That's just not the yeah. – Also, at least each row. He never bet on games, so he's going to make it to the Hall of Fame, even though that's a whole different bottle of worms. Uh, Pete Rose should be yeah. in the Hall of Fame. Pete Rose should <laughs> hands down be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, come on. If I just want to go on tangent real quick. Sure, he bet on games, but he literally bet on himself to win. Yeah, it's like what was is betting on your well, betting against yourself. Betting against yourself is fine because you can throw games and you can win money that way. But yeah. what betting against yourself is that going to motivate you that much more? <laughs> like, do you get in trouble for betting, motivating yourself? He's like, mm, I bet I'm gonna strike twenty people out today. Throw five thousand on that. <laughs> and someone's like, what? And he's like, yeah. I all right. <laughs> I, 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 I think I, that should be allowed. I think you should be able to make money off yourself in a positive way. If, if I put money I on a bet, like like in the UFC, I should be able to put money down that says, hey, I'm going to knock this guy in the first round. I think you should be able to. Uh, but also, the MLB is ran by a bunch of old, angry writers because the, um, so that's old, different can of worms, sir. But yeah. Ichiro Suzuki, the best hitter in the MLB or and in baseball history, and it's definitely close. It, there's a close race. You can, you can make either argument for either. But uh, Ichiro Suzuki, he's. Just the man. He's the freaking I think man. one thing to describe this is what uh, George, St. Uh, George St. Pierre said uh, very recently on the oh, Ariel Hawani yeah, show. Yeah. Is no matter how much you like it or not, tomorrow's players will always be better than today's players. Yep. Obviously, there's the stats and the trophies and stuff like that. But just overall-wise, the, the skills and the, the things that aren't seen as much like before people started doing windmill dunks, it was seen as a rare thing. Now pretty much everyone in the NBA can do a windmill dunk. It's yeah. just it, tomorrow there's going to be something else that people can do that people couldn't do today. And it's just what happens. People watch and they get better. We develop, we evolve so as humans. better athletes. Like, and you just become a better athlete better and you have athletes. more to go off of. Exactly. But with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to wrap it for episode 56 of the Episog Show. Let us know what you think about all the NBA, NFL, and MLB stuff that we covered. And generally, before I sign, we sign off. I just want to let you know that you know, of course, things happen live while we're recording, and we're not, we're obviously not a live show, not going to be able to report things live. But the Philip Lindsay or um uh, to the Cardinals or um kind of prediction now holds more weight as Kenyon Drake signs with the Raiders. So, oh wow, hey, the Cardinals have a hole. So the Philip Lindsay. And, I mean, the Cardinals weren't going to bring him back. He went at like 11 or 12 mil a year. We're not giving yeah. him that. And Philip Lindsay's might be able to get that, but he, probably not. But, uh, no, we wouldn't yeah. give him that. But, the, the, there we go. We can talk about it later <laughs> once Philip Lindsay actually signs somewhere. But if you, like, I, like I've been saying, go check out our latest UFC talk, episode 36 with that one. Go check out our week five NFL offseason breakdown for the biggest winners and losers. And are the Patriots back? And the answer is, is it definite? Maybe. And then Maybe. check out our, our bunch of interviews that we've been putting out. Check out our AFL stuff. We've been pumping those out. AFL preview show just went down. We had the first game. So expect uh, those shows and get out and head on over to all your best sports betting needs for all the really Thrive Fantasy. It's, been, it's, it's a really fun way to, to spend some money and also to make some money as well. 
Exactly. Because they give you all the stats you need right there. You don't need to do any of your research. It's prop betting too. You just put your team together and you go make yourself some money. So go to thrivefantasy.com, download Thrive, the Thrive Fantasy app in the Google Play Store or the uh, the Apple Play Store, the or just the Apple Store, not the Apple Play Store, just Apple Store. And eh, it's all the same thing. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it, by using promo code Fourth and Long, you get on a twenty dollar deposit. They'll match that up to fifty dollars. So it's you, you get some free money with us, so it's a win-win. Who doesn't want? Who doesn't like free money? And when you just use our code, you can just use that money. Then you don't have to use your own money, but you have to make a deposit. You just use their deposit, money, but they'll, they'll match your money. Yeah. You you don't. Exactly. That's, that's they'll match it. Take your money back out and then place a that's bet. 100%, like. That's one hundred percent. That's one hundred percent money. One hundred. I, I know I ain't no math guy, but 100% is good. So <laughs> go check out today. And thank you to our <laughs> Patreon supporters. If you want to become a prestigious member and get exclusive content and um, deals and discounts through this, go over to patreon.com slash fourth and long. Thank you to Patreon supporters Ray Rodriguez for all your card collecting needs. Go follow on Instagram at the big bat box thank you to neil wiley and his youtube channel chosen problems and big shout out to ryan watson we thank you guys so much for your continuous support jalen to sum yes. up your feelings because i i got this from alex to some of your feelings on nfl free agency so far in one word or phrase what would it be it's one word or phrase and there's Highly your phrase unexpected. and that's going to wrap it for us ladies and gentlemen <laughs> we'll catch you guys in the next one